Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. For the short period that remains. Uh, before then, um, just a quick announcement. Baptism class will be at better this evening by 5 p.m. For those of you that uh, register for baptism, there will be a baptism class by 5 p.m. today at better. If you don't know better, please, you can see me after the service to let you know. God bless you. As you are sitting down, you are going to tell God, Lord, this is time for me to hear your word. Exactly what you want me to know today, Father, speak it into my life. Let's begin to talk to God, that God should visit you, rebook every spirit that may allow your mind to wander away, that God in himself will bring you back and your mind will be open to the message. And I pray as we share this message, the Holy Spirit will continue to guide and direct us. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise God. I believe the children, they are in our midst, and um, from experience I have, ever since this, ever since the holiday on Friday class, that is what makes me to put this message together. Children, if you are there, shout hallelujah. Again, children. God bless you. Yeah, but before I go into the message itself, I want to see how you listen to message. How you listen to message, because your class is something different. And here is another scenario. So children, you have to listen attentively to me. Because first, I want to test your listening ability. So you have to pay attention to what I'm going to say. So, you have to be a good and careful listener. Do not allow any other things to get in your way. Because today I'm going to talk about a young man called Samuel. A young man called Samuel. The boy Samuel. That's what I'm going to talk about today. But before then, what comes to your mind when you hear about Samuel? God calling. Right? Now, I'm going to engage you now. Samuel was privileged to stay in the house of God. It was not a punishment. It was an honor for him to, to live in the house of God. So children, if you are there, shout hallelujah. I don't want, you, I don't want your phone to disturb you. No game. I'm talking from experience. No game. Because I walk around, I know what is going on. I need your full concentration. Praise the Lord. On your phone, put your phone aside. I want you to open it to your Bible. But now, this is where I'm going to engage you. Because I want to test your listening ability. I'm going to read something out here. And each time I say the name of Samuel, you have to stand up and say, here I am. Then you sit down. Do you get it, children? When I mention the name Samuel, you stand up and say, here I am. Then you sit down. Never mind if your name is not Samuel. <laughs> Praise God. Please pay attention. Here we go. Samuel. Very good. Was a was a young person who loved God and did what God asked. Samuel lived at temple with Eli, the priest. One night, while sleeping, Samuel heard a voice calling his name. He ran to Eli and said, Here I am. Eli was very sleepy. He yawned. I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. Then Samuel heard a voice calling his name again. He ran to Eli and said, Here I am. Eli was still very sleepy again in Yan. I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. For the third time, Samuel 
had his name, he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. This time, Eli realized that God was trying to speak to Samuel. Eli told him to say, Speak, God, I'm listening. One more time, Samuel had a voice calling his name, and he said, Speak, God, I'm listening. And God told Samuel many important things. Samuel listened to the Lord that night and for the rest of his life. Give a round of applause to yourself. Now, it's not finished. It's not finished. But now don't stand up and say, here I am. You, need, you have to listen to what happened to the boy Samuel. God wants all of you to hear him. God wants you to listen to him. When you come to church, it's not just sitting down there, because this is elderly church, and you feel that, okay, let them do whatever they want to do, then we go. No. It's not only Friday class that you can learn. You can also hold one or two things here. And those things, one of those things we are going to hear today. You know, um, life has changed, things have changed. In the olden days, there is this, uh, uh, not digital radio, analog radio, where you have to tune. When you tune the radio, you'll be hearing until you are able to get uh, a, a station or a channel. Sometimes even the voice will not come out very well. Then that's what we call fine-tuning. You, you have missed. You have not seen this type of transistor. Those transistor radio, you have to fine-tune it. For you to listen to God, you need to fine-tune yourself. You need to tune in to God's channel, to God's station. Every time, not just at the church only. So like the radio needs to be tuned in, we can do this tuning in to God through the Bible study through regular prayer, through listening to other Christians. Brethren, I'm not talking to children only. Now, if your mind has wandered away, tune it back. If your husband is sitting by your side, he can fine-tune it. If it is wife, you can fine-tune it. God will help us in Jesus' name. Praise God. The boy Samuel. We have been hearing a lot of things about Samuel. In the Old Testament, when God has a special purpose for a man, you have to see that God is starting as God will start from a child. When that fellow or when that particular character was a child. One thing about this child is something always very special about them. For example, Samuel, Isaac, Jacob. In the Old Testament, we can say, even Moses. Also, something was special about their birth when they were giving birth to them. If you cross over to the New Testament, we talk about John the Baptist. Even Jesus Christ himself. Praise the Lord. So, in the history of Israel, whenever they are in crisis, God will raise up a small child who will later grow up to deliver them. Babies are God's announcement that He knows the need of Israelites. That shows that He cares about His people. Then the arrival of this baby ushers in new beginning for them. For instance, in Egypt, when they were there, we all know the story of Moses. When he was giving back to somebody about him. Right from the conception, some of them will begin to know. Jesus Christ from conception, we know that he's going to be a miracle baby. Praise the Lord. So, but God don't just make that event something special. To make it more special, he normally used barren women to be the mother. In this way, God is drawing attention already. To what he is about to do. 
God allowed Isaac to be born by the infertile wife called Sarah. God allowed Jacob and Esau to be born by the sterile wife called Rebekah. God allowed Joseph to be born by the childless wife called Rachel. So you can see that God has a way of doing things. Now before we go into the issue of the story of the boy Samuel, let me remind you about his family background, about his birth, that his birth also happened to be a special one. Turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel, verse 1, verse 1 and 2, I will read. There was a certain man from Ramatan, a suffered from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elikana. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. If you say this particular scripture from verse 1 to 8, talk about a divided home. From what I've just read, you can see Elkanah has two wives. He appears to be a, he's a, he's a, he's a godly man. He has two wives. For many of us who come from Africa, we know what it means, polygamous home. We know what is there. Praise the Lord. So, Helicana marries second wife, called Perinia, thinking that, okay, the problem is solved. At, at least Perinia will produce the, 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 the son that he wants. But, why I said it was the divided home was because Perina was not slow in reminding Hannah that you are a failure in your husband's house. Brethren, what is that thing in your life that is reminding you that you are a failure? What is that thing in your life that is always telling you that this is not where you are supposed to be? What is that hard desire you have been praying about but you are not getting it? Praise the Lord. I don't want anybody to sleep. If you sleep, I will mention your name. <laughs> Praise God. So, whatever is reminding you of that sad situation, just the way God has turned around the life of Hannah, God will turn everything around for you in Jesus' name. And you shall testify to the glory of God. The name Hannah is said means favor or grace. A woman of grace. So, verse 1 to 8 talk about a divided home. While verse 9 to 18 of 1 Samuel talk about a devout prayer. A devout prayer. In verse 10, brother, you have the verse 10 of that. Can you read for me, please? Can I get you the mic? Verse 10. Verse 10, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Bitterness, bitterness of soul. He, she wept and prayed bitterly. That happened during one of the festive meals at Shiloh. We all know the story, I'm not going to that. But one thing I want to bring out here there are four things. That in, in Nana's prayer that time, it was a sharply focused prayer. The prayer was direct. There's no beating around the bush. No pretense. She told God exactly what she wants. And which is a son. She did not just pray for a child, but a son. That Lord, I need a son. So what is this telling us that whenever you are praying, don't pray that means. Let your prayer be target. Some, let your prayer target something. Don't just pray generally. You know exactly how you want it. You know what you need. Pray in that way. So she prayed. And that prayer is sharply focused. B. The second thing I, I saw in her prayer it was from the heart. In verse 11, brother. And she vowed a vow and said, 
O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of if thy handmaid, if you will look into the affliction of your daughter, and remember me, and remember me, and not forget thy handmaid, and you have not forgotten your handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon Praise his head. Hannah told God exactly how she felt. But one thing is that this time around she realized that God has answered. Let's jump to verse 18. And she said, Let thy handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. You see, immediately everything changed from her. Because she believed that she has received the answer to our prayer. Now, as you are sitting down here, I don't know what is the problem we look like. Just believe that as you are standing up, you are going out of this auditorium, God has answered your prayer. Amen. We are talking of pregnancy. She will not discover that immediately. But she, the continent changed. That Lord, oh, I give you the glory. You can do the same thing. See the same God. She went away and ate something. Her face was no longer depressed. See, another thing, that is the third one I see. It attracted God's grace. That prayer attracted God's grace. Hannah did not grumble or mourn or complain. She has the right to complain that, after all, God, I'm praying unto you. Why are you giving perennial um, children and none for me? I'm a good wife. All she was asking that look into your handmaid, have that grace and favor upon her, and God answer. And the fourth thing is, it was a sacrificial prayer. Because in verse 11, go to verse 11, brother. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou would indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Even before the child arrived, she has set that child aside for God. She set the child aside for God, to serve God. She made that sacrifice that, Lord, if you give me, I will release this child to you. Praise God. So, I, like I said, from verse 1 to 8, is a divided home. Verse 2, a devout prayer. Uh, that's verse 9 to 18. That's uh, number 2. Number 3, a distinguished song. A distinguished song. If you read verse 19 to 20, brother. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come, about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. Yes, God answered her prayer. That's a special song from, from God. And in these verses from verse 19 to 28, we see that song, the visual answer to Hannah's prayer. We can see it. She can save. And when her child was born, it was a song. And she named him Samuel. Praise the Lord. You know, Samuel was born by a prayerful mother. She's so lucky. And she promised that Samuel will serve God. At age of three years, Samuel was handed over to God, to serve God. Hannah prayed. He prayed the prayer of dedication for the child. And that is part of what we have just witnessed today also. We have seen a family presenting the child before God. So that is part of what we ought to do. As a Christian, not just presenting our children only, we have to present ourselves. 
When, because when you, are, when you become born again, all things have gone away. But new things have started. You take the baptism, every other old thing is, has passed. You have become a new creation. So you are giving yourself unto the Lord. But Samuel has one big advantage in his lifetime that many of us here, we don't have. And I know many children, they have it. And what is that? He had a praying family. He had a praying family. The mother always prayed for him each day. And I believe our, the mothers here and the fathers here, we are praying for our children. There are some of us that when we are growing up, we don't find ourselves in that position. Praise God. Now, let's go back to the, the boy Samuel. He has a very good foundation because he was living in the, in, in the presence of God. And that allowed him to build a life of integrity. Because throughout his life, you could see that he was a very good man. He was in the practice of always saying the truth. One of the things that children learn earlier is that it's not me. When something happens, even if you leave a single child somewhere, it's only him and there's a water, it falls on the ground. Who has done it? Not me. Children, I want to tell you, Samuel, when he was alive, he was truthful every year. Every year of his life. Throughout. Even when he became old, he was still saying the truth every time. There are some characters in the Bible that uh, they stand out. Like Elijah. We know why Elijah stands out. He called fire from heaven. He confronted wicked king. He did so many amazing things. Moses also was a great man. He also did miraculous feats through the power of God. He rescued the Jews from Egypt. We can keep mentioning, mentioning many of them in the Bible. But sometimes you see that there are some flaws in their life. There are some faults, there are some mistakes that they made that tend to overshadow what they have done. I can give you an example. David had an affair with Bathsheba and again conspired to, to, to kill the husband. Noah drunkness as one of the first things thing he did. Getting off the, the, the ark. That delayed the, 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 the making of the ark. Jacob. We know Jacob. Very cunning and very deceptive. So, this character, you can see one of other things that you can say, okay, this is what they later did. But the boy Samuel, you can never point to anything that he has done. Either as a boy or as a man. You cannot say that this is what he has done. He was a man of good character. Praise the Lord. He was a man of good character. If you look at the book of Jeremiah 15.1, he was compared side by side with Moses. He was compared side by side with Moses. That is Jeremiah 15.1. So, in life, we have to ensure that we are always saying the truth. I always be a man of good character, a woman of good character, a children of good character, wherever we find ourselves. Samuel lived a life of unbroken purity, integrity, and righteousness. Let me jump to something from at this moment. Brother, 1 Samuel 12, 1 to 4. Quickly. 1 Samuel 12, 1 to 4. 1 Samuel chapter 12, from verse 1 to 4. And Samuel said unto all Israel, Behold, I have hearkened unto your voice in all that ye said unto me, and have made a king over you. And now, behold, the king walketh before you, and I am old and gray-headed, and behold, my sons are with you, and I have walked before you from my childhood unto this day. Behold, here I am, 
witness against me before the Lord and before his anointed, whose ox have I taken, or whose ass have I taken, or whom have I defrauded, whom have I oppressed, or of whom, of whose hand have I received any bribe to blind mine eyes therewith, and I will restore it you. Praise God. Let me read in this uh, version. In his old age, he is able to say in front of the nation of Israel, I am old and gray. Have been your leader from my youth until this day. Here I stand, testify. Here I stand, testify against me in the presence of the Lord and his anointed. Whose house have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? From whose hand have I accepted a bribe to make me shut my eyes? If I have done any of these things, I will make it right, and I will tell that the people and and we all told that the people replied by saying, "You have not cheated or oppressed us. You have not taken anything from any one's hand." Can you see? Because Samuel was a man of integrity, he walked faithfully in the presence of God. There is something very clear about him. He is very, very faithful to God. That is very, very clear. Now, how many of our leaders in our various countries today, at the end of their tenure, and they will come out and say, Fellow citizen, if I have cheated any of you, or I have taken bribe, or I have taken this from you, how many of our leaders can do that? And suppose one of them is doing that. And you are happen to be there. Will you keep quiet? Answer me, will you keep quiet? Because we know that, we know what they are doing. We know the corruption that is going on within them. No governor, no prime minister, no president in most nations of the world can stand in presence of their nations and say what Samuel has said here. Praise the Lord. So Samuel, as a boy, is always working faithfully. Even when he grown up, he was still working faithfully in the presence of God. You see, Samuel was born during the time of uh, judges in the Israel. That time they don't have king. That was when Samuel was born. So, and uh, you see, in, in those days, when this, uh, the Israelites when they have someone judging over them, someone directing them, they will behave very well, they will become very so comfortable. But immediately that person dies, then they begin to do so many things, then God will leave them, God will abandon them, and they begin to suffer. Then God will start from a child, God will raise a child. So that was the period that Samuel was born. And at that time, during those periods of judges, when there was nobody to judge the children of Israel, they live the kind of life they want. No rules. Everybody do whatever they think is as pleased them. Whether it's hurting other people, they don't care. As soon as they are very comfortable, as far as they are very comfortable, they don't care. Brethren, that was the time Samuel was born. In Samuel 3.1, we are told that in those days, the word of Lord was rare. There was no many visions. That was the period that Samuel began to grow up. There was no vision, no message from God, because people are living in sin. We can see that today also. Praise the Lord. Today, the children of God seem to be uh, unconcerned in many nations. That is why people that show interest, we are all praying for good governance. But if we are running away to partake in it, we are leaving it for those people that have been controlled by devils. And they begin to govern us. Praise the Lord. So what am I saying here is that children of God, during that time of Samuel, 
It was like that. There was nobody before Samuel was born. So they were living the kind of life that they, they want. But God raised Samuel to lead them, to judge them. And Samuel did it wholeheartedly. He walked in the presence of God, faithfully. This happened because of the foundation that he has received. Praise the Lord. So, he listened to God. He listened to God's direction. Just as started from the beginning, we see how God called Samuel. How he ran to Eli. How Eli said, I'm not calling you. We see that. But what happened when that message was given to Samuel? The message was given to Samuel. And Eli knew, because Eli was already old, he knew that there was a message from Samuel. But Samuel never delivered the message in the morning. Turn with me to Samuel 1, 3, verse 15 to 18. Samuel, 4 Samuel 3, First Samuel 3 from verse 15. And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. He was afraid. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Go ahead, brother. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. And he said, what is the thing that the Lord hath said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me, of all the things that he said unto thee. The habit of Samuel was to tell the truth. Even though he was afraid to deliver that message to Eli. He was afraid. But Eli calling. What is it that God has told you? And we discover that Samuel passed the message. And he said the truth. Because sometimes there are some messages that you will you, be sent. That you will be afraid to deliver them. That is exactly where Samuel found himself. In this case he was scared. To go and deliver that message. But since Eli asked him, he went and delivered that message without even adding anything to it. He did not make suggestion of the solution. If you want to know what that message is, please read the book of First Samuel. You will know exactly the message they are talking about. And in verse 19, we were made to believe that the Lord was with Samuel. Lord was with him. That verse 19 says, The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's world fall to the ground. And Israel, and all Israel from Dan to Bashara, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And Samuel was came to all Israel. So they respected him. As a boy, they started respecting him. So children, don't think that you are too young. Never think you are too young. There are some things God has deposited in your, in, in, in your life which have to be fulfilled. Begin to use your talents. Begin to use them right from now. So that when you grow up, it's already become part and parcel of you. And what am I saying here? You should always make sure that you say the truth. The truth, but nothing but the truth. In verse, in chapter 7, verse 15 and 16, we read that uh, Samuel continued as Israel leaders all the day of his life, not just when he was small. From year to year also, he's moving around all the land of Israel. He was judging them. He was the judge. 
who plainly told God's moral requirement to every instrument. He guided, he guided them in what is right and what is wrong. That is one of the things that you learn in your Friday class. It's not just for you to go there. They are trying to guide you to show you what is right and what is wrong. But what happened in chapter 8? The Israelites decided that they needed a king. Samuel was thinking that he has been rejected. But God told him that they have not rejected you. They are trying to reject him. Praise the Lord. So, like I said, because Samuel was a man of truth, he felt that he is there just to guide the Israelites. But they decided to ask for king. In chapter 13, verse 13 and 14, we discover that they, they already the, the, the Israelites, they have king. Even with that, Samuel still went ahead to inform the king that he has done foolish things. Brother, can you read that? First chapter, Samuel, chapter 13, 13, yeah, verse 13, 13 and 14. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Let me remind you, Saul was the king. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. Thank you, brother. You see, Samuel went to the king and informed king that you have done foolish things. Although that may sound funny, but because it's a man that is always standing with truth, he always told the truth. That is why he was able to go to king and say, you have done a wrong thing. But you know the funny thing, even when, Daniel, uh, uh, sorry, when Samuel died, when uh, Saul was panicking, he, he called a medium to summon the spirit of Samuel to find out what God's will was. Even in his death, Samuel, in, in the death of Samuel, in his death, Saul still went to call for the Spirit to find out what is God saying. We just had a verse pastor sharing this morning, or this afternoon rather. He was here. He's not here now. But what he has done, he's still speaking. What are they going to say about you and me when we leave? When we leave for man is one thing. When we leave this world, what are they going to say about me and you? Today we are talking about Samuel. What are they going to write down about you when the time comes? Praise the Lord. May God help us in Jesus' name. So Samuel always said the truth. He has that moral courage to always say it. Whatever happens, irrespective of the circumstances, he always says the truth. Brethren, it's not easy to say the truth at times. There are some truths that you need to apply your wisdom. You can't just go to somebody and tell him that all your children will die at the same day. You think that person will be happy? Because the message of God that the children of Eli, they were not listening to God. That is why Samuel was scared to deliver the message. But Eli directed him, do not hide anything away from me. I'm sure even when he was delivering that message, there is tendency that his voice might be checking. There's an energy in my place when you are sent, you have been sent a slavery message. You have to deliver that message like a, like a prince or princess. You apply your own wisdom. So what am I saying here is that when you are Telling the truth as well. You have to ask for wisdom of God. To give you the courage. Because if I tell you good morning. Or I tell you good afternoon. My good afternoon can be something that I'm mocking you. It's possible. The tonation of my pronunciation. Determines exactly what I'm saying. Good morning. Good morning. Then you know that I'm not happy without good morning. If you get to the office and somebody is telling you, good morning. 
Then, you know that that money is not good. You are going to ask that fellow, what is it? So what am I saying is they are telling the truth, you need the wisdom of God. It is the wisdom of God that will guide you, that will direct you, that will ensure that that message is passed across without hurting anybody. That is why before Samuel died, he was able to come back to them. That if I've taken anything from you, please, say it now. Or if I've cheated you, say it now, I'm going to replace it. Brethren, in saying the truth, let the wisdom of God guide you. And I want to tell you, sometimes we, have, we still have it also, it's in better uh, suggestion box. You want to say the truth. Nothing but truth. You have written it down in the piece of paper. Then you remain anonymous. You are not saying the truth. You are being scared. You don't have the courage. You need to grow up and have that courage. When you are telling something, you are writing it down, you are dropping it somewhere, don't remain anonymous. Mention your name. Nobody will kill you. They can scroll you. But the truth always on top. Another in my place, if lie runs 100 kilometers for 20 years, the truth will catch up in one second. Always say the truth. The truth you are saying may have implications at that time. But as long as you are saying the truth, the truth will always come back. And that time they will appreciate you. I sometimes told them in the office, you didn't hire me to tell lies. They said, no, this time you need to take signs. Okay, I will follow you, but I will keep quiet. They asked me one simple question, why? I said, because it is against my professional ethics. I'm dealing with my fellow professional. And you are saying I should do this. No. And even if the, in, your, in your private job, if you always say the truth, you always say the truth, after some time they will know that no, you will not be part of this. But they beat the drum to this side, you dance to that side. They focus this side, again you, they will see you like a leaf on top of water. That is just dangling. Praise the Lord. So the truth is always the truth. Always say the truth. Praise the Lord. Because of our time. One thing I want you to know is that when you are saying the truth, don't add to it. Don't add to it. I attended a course uh, in my office and uh, just as we are sitting down, they will tell the first, first person some sentence. He has to inform the next one. He has to inform the next one. So by the time it went round, the statement has changed. And they told us from the beginning, whatever I tell you, you tell your, the one by your side. By the time it goes round, it has changed completely. Then we were asked, what did they tell you? Then the story changed. Don't add to the truth that you are saying. If you look at Samuel, the boy, this boy never adds to it. The message was passed. This is what you will do. This is what will happen to Eli's family. God didn't give him solution. I was sharing this message somewhere, and they said that Eli should have asked that, uh, okay, what will I do? Or maybe someone should have advised, this is what you are to do. No, because that was not given to him. So when you are saying the truth, nothing but the truth, don't add to it. Praise the Lord. So, Samuel didn't add to the message he gave to Eli. So, don't add to your own message whenever you are saying the truth. Remember the warning in the third commandment. We shall not misuse the name of the Lord. Don't misuse the name of the Lord. 
We should not use the authority in God's name to support what we are saying. Where we know it was not the truth, we shouldn't use the authority of the name of God to misrepresent what God has not told us. John 8, that is on closing, John 8, 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believe him, If you abide in me, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. Indeed, indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Children, what am I saying here is that when you know the truth and say the truth, who has done this? Just tell them I'm the one. Temporary punishment can come. But whosoever punishes you because you have said the truth, they will come back to you. Don't do that again. Always say the truth. So the, Jesus Christ said you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. It will always set you free. Romans 6, 18 and 22, I read. And having been set free from sin, you became slave of righteousness. Once you are set free from sin, you have become a slave to righteousness. Whatever you do, you always be on the right path. 22. And having been set free from sin, you became slave of righteousness, but now having been set free from sin, and having become slave of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. When you say the truth, you have everlasting life. Brethren, as a boy, Samuel learned to tell the truth. It became a foundation upon which he built his life of integrity. And that earned him respect of the nation of Israel to today. And the blessing of God in his life. And he received the love of God. This is an example for us to follow. And God will help us in the mighty name of Jesus. May God bless his word. Let us stand to our feet. God has spoken to us. Is He spoken to you personally? Yes, it is a great challenge for every Christian to hear from God. Most of the Christians are having a problem. Whether it is God speaking or it is of my own or it is somebody else. So the lesson, the important lesson for every Christian is how to hear from God. The message to him was, what is the word of the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God, do so to you and more also. If you hide anything from me of all the things that he has said to you. That's what the message to Samuel. But what is Samuel said? Verse 19. So Samuel grew. And then Samuel told him everything and hide nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems to good to him. So when Eli said to him, then the word says, Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. And let none of his word fall on the ground. So let us, the same promise, claim the same promise. Samuel grew. As Samuel grew, we should grow in the Lord. And the Lord will be with us. That is the promise. None of his word will fall on the ground. Amen? Amen? Let us desire God to speak to us. How God speaks to you, you know it. So let's pray. Before we pray, there is one thing we have to thank God. Brother Vinu Paul had a boy, baby boy and they are doing well. We have to thank God for that. Now let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you. 
Here we are as your children once again standing in front in your presence. Thank you Lord for your seven brothers Francis whom you are used to speak to us about Samuel. Lord it is a basic lesson for every one of us to hear from you waiting upon you. Lord it is a great pleasure for us to hear from you O Father. In a day to day life yes Lord it is our desire Lord as we wanted to speak to you we also expecting and desiring to you to speak to us in our day to day life Lord to guide us to build us Lord help us to grow in our spiritual life help us to grow in your grace to hear you more so that we will be blessed and we will be a blessings to one another yes dear father for our future Lord as you have spoken to him and raised him up as a prophet to the israelites you will as you are going to speak to us lord raise many of our prophets in our days of father in this church so that our lord we will hear the word that is for us as well as to this church and for this nation of father lord bless your servant as you anointed him let more of your anointing be upon him in the days to come of father whatever he desire in the coming days of father for his traveling mercies and every purposes of father lord we pray that your presence is always there with him and you will continue to guide him and lead him of father lord we pray for each and every one of us who gather here whatever the desire as today of father lord you fulfill it lord turn every situation and the circumstances in your li- in a living testimony of father so that we will come back and testify you of your goodness and your mercy lord let peace be our portion we take leave this place lord carrying your peace and your presence let it follow in our day, in our the home of father in jesus precious name we pray let us share the grace together may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god the fellowship of the holy spirit be with us now and forevermore Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. We shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace. May the Lord bless you.